Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 94, a great year, and uh, we are talking about the 90s as well. This is A. Matts. I'm here with B. Pimp. B. Pimp, how's it going with you? Are you ready to talk about the 1990s? I'm ready for the 90s. Um, Living in the 90s was a CD compilation I had back then that had a bunch of weird, like, alt radio hits, and that's what I'm doing now. I'm living in the 90s. Living in the 90s. I'm curious as to what was on that CD. There was one, uh, the, one the one that sticks out to me the most is, do you remember Jesus Jones? No. <laughs> I got to look up what his song was, but Jesus Jones. Oh, Jesus Jones was a band. It wasn't a person. Yeah, Right Here, Right Now. Do you remember that song? Yes. Right here, right now. Wow. That did not even occur to me who sang that. But it's funny that it's a one-hit wonder. Yeah, it's a British band that I thought always was a person whose name was Jesus Jones. <laughs> That's too bad it wasn't. I would think that 90s hit compilation would have uh, the Sugar Ray song. Uh, fly? Oh, I just want to fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fly. I'm looking up the CD so I can get the track listing. Um, it came out in 95, so it only had five oh, years okay, of songs. Okay. All right, it won't have that song because that's probably like 97. It had Life is a Highway. It had Tennessee by Arrested Development. That's pretty good. Whoa. Rico Suave. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Pump Up the Jam by Technotronic, of course. Uh, Humping Around by Bobby Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What's Up, Doc Can We Rock with Shaquille O'Neal. Holy shit. What a CD that was. Does it have Rex in effects? Um, does it Sounds have- like it's got some jock jams. It doesn't have Rex in effects. Oh, that's a shame. It has Ice Ice Baby. It has I Touch Myself. It has... Holy shit. What a CD. DJ Jazzy Jeff at the Fresh Prince Summertime. This, I got to find this CD and listen wow. to it again. That's, uh, I am excited to get to 90s albums because maybe I'll just put like only one hit Wonder albums on it. I'm just going to put the two disc set living in the 90s as all of mine. Yeah, but uh, no, what we're talking about for this episode is we're talking about best 90s comedies. And there were so many good comedies in the 90s. And I'm sorry, I love the 80s, but as I look through this list, the 90s was better. You know what? I, I, yeah, I mean, you say for for comedies part makes it a little bit, but don't you think people shit on the 90s more than they shit on the 80s? Yes, and they shouldn't. No, I, I think there is some really good quality stuff in the 90s. Yeah, I think so. Like, with any decade, of course there was shitty stuff. Like, there's tons of shitty stuff in the 80s, too. Actually, like, generally the 80s were not good. Right. But I think the 90s, a lot of, they threw a lot of stuff against the wall. But some stuff really stuck. Yeah, there's some really quality, high-quality stuff in the 90s. Exactly. Um, and I know it's like... You know, maybe you don't have a, a beef exactly against the people that shit on the 90s, but I'm sure I, I can tell in just looking at you, B-Pimp, that you've got a beef against something. So is it that time? It is that time. You can smell it. It's cooking on the grill. All right. Let them have it, B-Pimp. This is B's beef. I don't eat meat, but I've got beef. B's beef. B's beef. All right. So it's not specifically the 90s, but it is comedy. 
So this bee's beef goes out to Comedy Central for canceling the excellent Tim Robinson and Sam Richardson show Detroiters. Oh, why do they do that? They're both from Detroit, and they set out to make a show that portrays the city in a fair way using local actors and filming at real locations. It's extremely hilarious and upbeat, and it should have been given a few more years to grow and entertain us. So I, what I say is way to be jerks, Comedy Central. Way to be jerks, indeed. Both those dudes are really funny. Tim Robinson is like one of the weirdest looking people. Yeah. But he is like really funny. He's extremely funny. And yeah. so is Sam Richardson. They're both funny in the way that I like the best, which is like the goofy, like, I don't care what I look like. I'm just going to be funny, funny. Yeah, and Detroit does not like get enough of that kind of representation. Right. I guess Sam Richardson's from the city and Tim is from just outside of it. And they both were like, hey, we... We want to do, and it's it's a great show. It's just like the upbeat part of it is I, I'm sick of like every new popular show is like such a downer. And I feel like there's some good upbeat, like feel good comedies that are still sharp and funny. And I, those tend to die out quicker. I don't like it. So, yeah, I, I second you on the shows. Also, I feel and maybe this is unpopular. I feel that way about stand up right now, too where like there are so many stand-up specials that are like not even stand-up comedy. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to name names, but like, like Chris Gethard's stand-up, like no jokes in it. Maggie was like, Oh, you want to watch this? Like Hannah Gatsby. I was like, fuck no. Are you kidding me? I won't laugh at all. I'll just feel terrible. I want jokes in my comedies. Did you want, was this Chris Gethard one, like an older one that you're talking about? The stand-up? Or did he have uh, a new one? I think, no. Yeah, it's not brand new. It's probably like two or three years old. Okay. Um, and like, I remember, I forget the dude's name, but he's like Dave Chappelle's writing partner. Oh, yeah. Neil Brennan. Yeah, he did his, like, he had some jokes, but like the three mic special he did a couple of years ago, where like one mic was like the depression mic or something. Yeah. And then, like, one of the mics was just jokes he hadn't really tested yet. I don't know. I just, I want the comedians to come at it with jokes in their stand-up specials. You're kind of a rebel in that regard. A little bit. And I, I don't need a specific type of joke. I don't care if you're, like, uh, telling stories like, you know, Dave Chappelle would do where, you know, you might just be a, a few stories and that's it. Like, I don't need one-liners. I'm just saying, make your stand-up specials funny, please. I want everybody to do a Rodney Dangerfield-style stand-up special. Yes, thank you. I mean, <laughs> on the other end of that, like somebody at my work really likes Anthony Jeselnik, and I'm like, man, I cannot watch a whole special of Anthony Jeselnik. I can watch about five minutes of that, and then I'm done. I don't like I, – I, one thing that I will say, I'm usually pretty open with stand-up, but one thing I don't like is where the person just looks like – they're just trying to say things that will offend as many people as possible. And then they look like satisfied with themselves. Like that's not to me, that's not impressive. Like yeah. I don't want to see that. I wish white males would get the idea that being an asshole is not a unique look. No, there's a yeah. lot of those like, out there. There's a lot going out and they're just, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to go on my own beef and I don't want to do that, <laughs> but I just, I want my funny stuff to be funny. Yeah. And like Detroiters. I'm, like Detroiters. Yes, exactly. Um, it makes me want, I'm, I'm going to go back and watch that show. Yeah. I really never did watch it much. Um, and so it's probably my fault it got canceled. But 
Uh, I want more comedies like that. Yep. We need more Detroiters in the world. We do. All right. I've got a whiskey to try. I don't think we've had this before. I certainly haven't had it. Maybe you've had it. Um, I realized I should have taken the label off because holy smokes, this is going to take me a minute. Oh, we got a, we got one of the Fort Knox whiskey <laughs> bottles. <laughs> Actually, it won't take me. I just, I just saw like the, the thing that I can pull on it. So it shouldn't take too long. I almost feel like it's corked or something, which would be super annoying if it is. It's not. Phew. Okay. What I am drinking for this episode is 100 proof. Hell yeah. Uh, but it's Rittenhouse, which is a straight rye whiskey bottled in bond, as it says right at the bottom. Don't know what that means. And it is from, well, Heaven Hill Distilleries in Louisville, Kentucky. So that's two Louisville whiskeys in a row. Uh, what they do say about this on the back, though, is that Rittenhouse Straight Rye Whiskey is a story Pennsylvania style rye. Not sure what that means. Um, and it said their heritage com uh, commemorates Philadelphia's famous Rittenhouse Square. Not sure where in Philadelphia that is. I've been there a couple of times, but not for very long periods of time. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious as to how this will taste. I'm going to drink this uh, with one giant ice cube in my glass. I'm excited because I've heard of this, but I've never had it. It, You know, I think it could go either way. The price point is reasonable. Not too low that I'm concerned. Not too high that I have any specific expectations. And it's a rye, which for me is pretty hit or miss. Sometimes I have to be in a mood for it, I think. I'm smelling it. I think because I have it on the rocks, the smell is, is, gets dulled a little bit. While you're um, pondering it, Bottled and Bond is a label for an American-made distilled beverage that has been aged and bottled according to a set of legal regulations contained in the United States government's standards of identity for distilled spirits as originally laid out in the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. Holy smokes. <laughs> Did not know that. That's, uh, that's a fun fact. Mm-hmm. So if, let's see if it's bottled in James Bond, meaning it's something that you like. I think I would, I would like to run for office, maybe just as like a congressperson to uh, be specifically like look up these like different alcohol laws. And everybody else in the house would say, hey, we, we need to vote on other things, like more pressing things They're like, hold on. All right. We're going to redefine what bottled in bond means. It's been in the same way since 1897. There's inherently there has to be a better way to do this. We got to vote on it. This again. is the platform I ran on, <laughs> and it's what I will accomplish for my constituency. Yes. All right, taking a sip. Let's see if the written house is in the right wheelhouse. Uh, it's got a little bit of spice, but of course I expect that with a rye. It's pretty light color. Yeah, a little bit of kick. I'm gonna take another sip. Very curious about this. This will be a, your, your determination here will test whether or not I buy this. Yeah, I will say it's the spice. It's not coating my throat exactly in a way I like. It's a little more of a punch and it's, it's, it's sitting at the top of my throat and also just like generally in my mouth. Um, it's not a warm feeling, which I don't mind, but it's just, it's not like that warm coating. Yeah. I am curious too, because it is a lighter, I could see that it is a lighter color, which I don't normally think rye is. Yeah, this is a pretty light rye. I mean, it's being diluted slightly by the water, but not much. 
We got to see here. There's a sip happening. There's he's pondering it. Third sip. Ooh, this is a tricky one. Okay. So I, this is what I'm thinking on this one. It's lighter tasting than I expected a rye to be, but it still does have the punch of the rye. It doesn't have a, like a, a strong body to it, but at the same time, I find it like oddly refreshing. So because it's a little different uh, and I appreciate that, I'm going to give, I'm going to put Rittenhouse straight rye whiskey on the smooth train. All right. That means I could try it. Yep. Otherwise can't do it. Otherwise, I would never have drank it. Yeah. Uh, no, I enjoy it. Yeah, I definitely put that on a smooth train. Um, it's a nice, just uh, kind of summertime whiskey, I would say, which is technically what it is here. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we uh, we turned the page from the 80s to the 90s, and we're talking about 90s comedies now. Before we dive into the 90s comedies, Anything, anything about that list? Like how many honorable mentions do you have? I have four because I remembered one right before we started recording, but I could have had 20. <laughs> yeah. My, mine is closer to the 20 mark. It's, I think it looks like it's about 15. I also have a tie on my list, which I almost never have a tie. So I kind of cheated. So I could have had Whoa. one more honorable, honorable mention. Wow. Now, when you did the tie, how do, do you still have five movies on your list? Or you not no, six? I have six. six. Is that Holy cheating? Shit. Do I have to eliminate one? Uh, I want to talk to the new Congress person we have <laughs> who's in charge of things like this. Uh, they say it's okay. Okay, great. All right. Um, all right. So without further ado, I guess we're getting into our top six. Yeah, I know. I'm really breaking the bank here. <laughs> our top five 1990s comedies more than four less than six it's the top five all right b pimp you got a tie for your number five who are who the lucky two movies the reason it's a tie for number five is because it's two movies featuring the same person and i could not decide and had to put them both at number five so i've got billy madison from 1995 and happy gilmore from 1996 as my number five. I think that's a totally fair tie. Um, both movies are great. Yeah, there. it's just like, it's two movies that I love and um, they're silly and obviously like really juvenile humor, but they were when I was, you know, nine and 10 years old and just rented them over and over again to watch. Uh, still to this day i've watched both of them in the last few years and they're they're still funny i mean i think happy gilmore's probably technically better um but i love them i love both movies and that's that's my number five now i get why it's a tie too because i like in all truth i think i prefer billy madison happy gilmore has more of a sheen on it but billy madison has some like really great parts i i love chris farley as, as the bus driver like that whole scene is hilarious yeah that's great so I, yeah that's a tough choice i totally understand why you've had them tied for number five uh my number five is groundhog day from 1993 i think i even i liked this movie as a kid even though it's essentially like a romantic comedy or it's that's a maybe a slight stretch it kind of is a romantic comedy 
I I even appreciated this movie as like an eight-year-old because it's a hilarious concept, very unique. And I even, uh, did you see the movie Paul, Palm Springs? No. Okay, so it's the Andy Samberg movie that just came out like a month or so ago. Uh, maybe a little bit longer. I think it's on Hulu. And it goes off the exact same concept as Groundhog Day, except it's a couple that's like living the same day over and over again. But it is just like that idea is so ripe for comedy. Uh, and it works in so many ways in Groundhog Day. Like all the 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 characters in that movie are hilarious. Um, Bill Murray is like at his right level of crotchetiness. Like sometimes he can be like too far that way. And if he's too goofy, it also doesn't work. I think Groundhog Day is one of the sweet spots for him. And I don't want to get into the bees beef you had with them. I know Bill Murray is not your favorite, but uh, at the same time, I, I think some people have maybe idolized this movie a little bit too much. So that's why I had it. I had to have it in my top five, but it was number five. I like it. I haven't seen that one in a long time, but I remember thinking it was pretty funny back in the day. All right. What is your number four? Number four, Jim Carrey, Jeff Daniels, Dumb and Dumber. Ooh, great pick. It's from 1994. It is uh, obviously kind of like an iconic movie. It's very dumb, as the title would suggest. But I think that I watched it literally maybe two weeks ago and still laughed a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Jeff Daniels is much better in it than Jim Carrey was, to be honest with you. I No, I think you're right. Uh, and I do think like a lot of the... I, I always I like a lot of the ancillary characters in that movie, like the lady, the undercover uh, cop, mm-hmm. who kind of Jeff Daniels is kind of like hitting on him at the gas station. Like I like some, I just like some of the touches in that movie. It's very funny. Yeah, they, that movie does have some really good touches. It's, but it is like even as like a nine year old, I thought, wow, this movie is stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the Fairly Brothers, like at. They started out with, okay, it's stupid, but it could be a movie. And then they just progressed to like, so stupid that you can't even watch it anymore. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I you know. That's a really good pick. Dumb and Dumber. I love the dog van. It's just like, they have some nice props in that movie too. Yeah. And I will say as much as I like try to be somewhat highbrow in some of my comedy, I don't know if there's like a funnier scene than just him uh, having like the laxative it's <laughs> just like so stupid i don't know hilarious it's great i also love when they're frozen to the like they get the mini bike to go the rest of the way to denver and they're like frozen when they arrive <laughs> yeah well, that movie it, that's a good pick um it was it was tough to go with some of the some of the 1990s like jim carrey movies i actually didn't end up putting any of them on my list but a lot were close uh, all right, my number four. This is a movie I totally forgot about until Maggie reminded me of it. And then I had to confirm that it was actually in the 90s, and it is, just barely, 1990. But Home Alone. Good call. So there's few movies I've seen, period, more times. Um, and I noticed something new with that movie almost every time I see it. Not like it's a deep movie, but it, I must have just not been paying attention. It took me like, honestly, like four or five viewings of the movie before I noticed that uh, Joe Pesci was in the beginning of the movie dressed as a cop. 
for some reason that just like didn't pay any attention to the beginning of that movie <laughs> the whole time. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, that's a massively overlooking that. But as a kid's movie, it's perfect. Like, I don't think there was too many things that I enjoyed more as a, as a young kid than that movie. So I had to put it on my list. I added that as an honorable mention because um, I should have had it, but I, for some reason I didn't originally, but I, I quote that movie a lot. Like the, you're with the French call Les Incompetents quote and the buzz, your girlfriend, woof. Like there's just so <laughs> many quotes from that that I repeat to this day. That's another thing I noted. Like his girlfriend is buzz. i never picked up on that i know it's great uh all right what is your what are we on number three yeah my number three is probably one that's a little bit more obscure um it's also 1990 it's my blue heaven i don't know if you've ever seen that that's a steve martin and rick moranis oh that should be good it's great you should watch it it's very funny steve martin plays a uh gangster from new york that gets in the witness protection program and goes to like southern california and rick moranis is his fbi agent that's like in charge of him and he's just like a nightmare uh i'm sorry steve martin plays a gangster and rick moranis plays an fbi agent yes okay and joan cusack is like the stuffy da in the town it's 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 like near san diego and she's like the uptight da that rick moranis is uh, romantically interested in and she's trying to like prosecute Steve Martin and then is interested in Rick Moranis and he's like you can't have him he's my witness you're, you're not allowed to touch him it's it's just like a really funny there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of legs in the comedy of just Steve Martin playing a ridiculous like New York stereotype going around yeah. in this like like Republican-y Southern California town it's just it's very interesting I yeah I should watch that I, I actually I think Joan Cusack gets knocked a little too much too. She, there are some roles she could do really well. And the one you've just described is one of them. Like she she's does great. a stuffy role like really well. Yeah. She's really good in it. She does that pretty well in um, Adam's family Values. She does it really well in school of rock too. I was just going to mention school of rock. She's perfect for that. Yeah. Uh, all right. I got to watch that then. Uh, my number three is Austin Powers international man of mystery this movie it's stupid but it's like stupid in a uh it's from 97 by the way but it's stupid in a way that i really enjoyed and there were so many like mike myers has made some like good movies made some bad movies um i ended up surprisingly favoring mike myers more than i thought i would on this list but austin powers has like just so many funny moments that i thought were like the more subtle moments of Austin Powers, I like the most. Like one of my favorite is when he's driving just like a golf cart type thing and he's trying to turn around in a hallway and he's just <laughs> like backing up two inches, get stuck. Like that is, the movie has so many moments like that that are just perfect. I think Elizabeth Hurley is good in it. Um, the, the casting is great. It's a more simple story before they did the sequels um and i think it just works really well i think i unfairly hate on mike myers stuff in retrospect because he kind of like fizzled out in his career and became i don't know what like i don't i don't even know what he does now but yeah i don't know 
I feel like the last movie I remember him making was The Love Guru, and even that was probably 10 years ago. Yeah, I don't know what, where he went. <laughs> I do not know. I mean, the thing is, like, although Adam Sandler did make Uncut Gems, which I've heard is really good and I still haven't seen, but for the most part, like, all those 90s comedy stars, like Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, and, like, Mike Myers being, like, the three that I'm really thinking of. Danny Garvey. Ton, I'm not putting Dana Carvey on that list, made a ton of really shitty movies. Yeah. Especially later in their careers. So I don't know. I, I'm not knocking him too much. I agree. He's made some like profoundly shitty movies. Like Cat in the Hat. What the shit? Ooh. Yikes. Um, but I, got I like Austin Powers. Would watch that any day of the week. It's an easy watch too. I got to rewatch it. What am I? Are we on two? My number two. Yeah, what's your number two? My number two is Chris Farley in Tommy Boy from 1995. Ooh, Tommy Boy. Good pick. I love Tommy Boy. Um, would have been, it, it definitely could have been my number one. I, th- I think it's, it's a movie that more so than the Adam Sandler ones that I mentioned at the end, it was another one. They came out all around the same time, but it was another one that I watched over and over again as a kid. But I, I think it's the one that holds up the best for me now. In that it's more um, like I think there's so many people like Rob Lowe's character, Bo Derek, uh, Dan Aykroyd, uh, Brian Dennehy at the beginning and playing his dad, like his um, love interest in the movie. They're all there's just so many great touches and like so many. Uh, and I'm honestly, I think Chris Farley was. I know he's got a reputation of being funny, but I think he like was really good in that movie. Not, you know, not just like, oh, a funny hot, like funny hot. I think he like did a great job in that movie. Yeah. So I love it. I love Tommy Boy. I think I got to rewatch that. I, I remember seeing that movie and seeing Black Sheep. And I think they came out like back to back years in actually preferring Black Sheep, but may have a biases because a lot of Black Sheep is set in Seattle or in and around Seattle. So I don't know. It may not actually be better than Tommy Boy. You got to rewatch Tommy Boy. Okay. I guess I do. Because in my brain, I'm like, oh, Black Sheep's a better movie. But <laughs> it probably isn't. Uh, my number two is 1999's Office Space. That's an honorable mention for me. I love that movie. Yeah. I don't th- I, like, I went through a phase of seeing this movie so many times. I, I don't really know what movie I've seen more than any other, but Office Space is certainly up there. And it just. Like for me, it's just like a, it's not really highbrow or lowbrow. It's kind of like hit the sweet spot. Uh, like the cast was mostly people I didn't know, except for really like Jennifer Aniston, who right. is really good in it. Yeah, she's great in that movie. Um, and, but like uh, Stephen Dorff's in it. And I don't know what to say about this. It's like very funny. And the soundtrack is great. Yeah. And it has a lot of moments that even though I couldn't possibly relate to it at the time, because I was 14 when it came out, but I would think if I worked in that kind of environment, this would be like the perfect movie. It's, it does. It, I, find, I find that that movie rings more true every passing year of like mm-hmm. just being an adult that works. You, you see like where, even though it's like an extreme take on what somebody would do, but I also like Diedrich. Diedrich Bader, I think is how you say it. The neighbor is like, oh yeah, neighbor. He's really funny. It, the casting in that movie is awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah, that could, I forgot totally about him. Um, also, his two friends are well cast. His yeah. boss, Lumberg, uh, uh, what's his name? Gary Cole? Yeah, that guy's great. Yeah, he's great. I just like, they cast that perfectly for, especially like that office environment. Um, I'm not even really sure where that movie's supposed to be set. Yeah, they make that. I think that's another thing is they kind of make it just like it could be really anywhere. Yeah, really. Like, I think that's the perfect thing about it, too, because for so many of those kind of companies, like whether they're in like Schomburg or our version of Schomburg out here is like Walnut Creek um, or any of those places that are like a suburb that's just filled with office parks and like as you mentioned, like, actually, I'm glad the movie doesn't say because it really could be anywhere. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, and Mike Judge is, like, just, like, great at putting those kind of movies together. Yeah. Um, all right, we are down to it. What's your number one? My number one is also maybe my favorite movie ever, and it's The Big oh. Lebowski. All right. I It's Big Lebowski. A lot of people love this movie. I have it on my honorable mentions, too. Um, what makes it your favorite movie possibly ever? Um, it's, I just, I could watch it. Like you kind of said, I mean, it just, there's certain movies you could watch anytime and you'll never get sick of it. I could watch big Lebowski anytime. I think it's, uh, I love Jeff Bridges performance as Lebowski. I love, um, John Goodman is his friend, Walter Sobchak, who's the best. Uh, Steve Buscemi is great in it. It's just like, and Philip Seymour Hoffman as um, the rich guy's assistant, like, mm-hmm. th- and the whole plot of it is so ridiculous. I love, I just love it. I love everything about the movie. I think it's great. I, it's my perfect blend of kind of like absurd humor, but also there is a plot that carries through the whole movie. Um, I like Jackie Treehorn, who's the also the villain from Roadhouse, which is another of my favorite movies. <laughs> um, I, I just think it's it's got like weird, surreal, like musical breaks it's just got everything i want in a movie and it's very funny as well so it does have everything and if i recall roadhouse was your number one action movie of the 80s it was so there you go and his name is ben ben gazzara i forgot in in, when we were talking about roadhouse so now i remembered the guy's name ben gazzara all right that's that's uh definitely a good number one i had a tough time between the movies that um, the Coen brothers that they made, I, I wanted to put both Lebowski and Fargo, which I guess is a comedy like on the list. Uh, but they just, I couldn't quite do it. Yeah. Even though I had much dumber movies in front of them. Right. Uh, but my number one is Wayne's world. Aha. And for me, this movie just hit me like, kind of like how you mentioned big Lebowski does this movie like had a little bit of everything for me too. First of all, it was, you know, based on a sketch I liked, but it went so far beyond it in the way that, that other, other Saturday Night Live movies haven't always like managed to do, but just like, I, I think both Mike Myers and Dana Carvey are good in it. Uh, I like the, I totally forget the actress's name, but like the love interest in the movie, she's great. Tia Carrera? Yeah, Tia Carrera. And just everything about the movie is like, I think just kind of perfect. Yeah, I don't know. Also, like, it was, I couldn't believe it was 1992 that this movie came out. Yeah. 
I'm not. I for some reason I've never been a big Wayne's World fan. I'm not even sure. I like. I like the sketch, but if you said that they were going to, to like turn this into a movie, I wouldn't be sure how they would do it. Mm-hmm. But I think this was the perfect like. It it covers the topic of like what happens when the show gets too big, um, and there's like corporate interest. I I think the plot works a lot better than the plot of the second Wayne's World movie which is like throwing that like concert. But yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. That's like, I mean, it's one of the most iconic movies, right? Like everybody. And I love it. that it's set in, uh, was it Peoria? No, Aurora, right? Yeah. I think it's Aurora, which is funny. Yeah. So and random. I love, I love just some of the scenes where his like old, like, uh, like ex-girlfriend essentially like gives him a gun rack. And he's just like, I don't own a gun let alone enough guns to necessitate a gun rack. <laughs> yeah, I like Stan Makita's donuts too. That's mm-hmm. I like the fact that they're that's the franchise. And like they just they went for it in that movie, like doing all of Bohemian Rhapsody in the car. Yeah, yeah. It's uh no, I, I like Wayne's World. Had to put it number one. Uh, what are your honorable mentions? I had um, two that were on your list: Office Space and Home Alone. Then I also have. Doc Hollywood from 1991 with Michael J. Fox. Um, I had never seen it and it's on HBO max and I just watched it about a week and a half ago or so. And it's really, really funny and really good. Um, I recommend that one. If anybody hasn't seen it, I don't think Uh, I even heard of that one. He just plays like a plastic surgeon that gets lost in a small town on his way to like LA to become a doctor. And it's very, very funny. Ace Ventura, pet detective, 1993, uh, hard for me not to put that on the list. I Lisa and I just watched it. It's still really funny, but I just had I couldn't fit it in. Um, yeah, I almost switched my honorable mentions too, and like toward the top of them. Yeah, I just I almost switched it out for Dumb and Dumber, but I I think Dumb and Dumber is better, so I just left it on. Um, and my last one is Kingpin, another Farrelly Brothers movie from 1996 that I love. That is a good. Randy Quaid is good in it too. Yeah, he's great. That's a good the big Amish, big Amish kid. I love the when they realize like, oh, we play it Amish style, and it's like twelve rounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not such a good score then. <laughs> um, all right, I had uh, Half Baked, American Pie, Billy Madison, uh, Big Lebowski, Election, Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood, Fargo. I almost put this on my list. There's something about Mary. I was actually pretty close to that one. I do like that movie. Uh, Rush Hour, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, Nutty Professor, Clerks, and Chasing Amy. I love it. You have a great It's a lot of movies. I'm upset with myself for leaving Half-Baked off because I love Half-Baked. Half-Baked is pretty good. I've seen that movie too many times. It's really funny. Um, All right. Well, if you have any 90s comedies that we forgot about, let us know. Hit us up on our Twitter feed at, at Whiskey Sessions. Or email us, even better, whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. I will read it on a future episode, but we got to get to your emails for this episode. So without further ado, these are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. Uh, B-Pimp, what do we have in the old email inbox? Hi, my favorite video game of the 80s was 1987's Leisure Suit Larry in the Land of the Lounge Lizards. I'm a total creep and I can't play, watch, read, or listen to anything that isn't dripping with double entendre. 
I'm hard to be around. Thanks for listening, Al. <laughs> at least he like admits it at the end of the email. I'm yeah, it's pretty. Around. He's pretty self-aware. Is that itself a double entendre? It must be. Oh, now I don't like him anymore. Uh oh. Um, I've heard of Leisure Suit Larry as a game, but I don't know anything about it. I think it's like an adult, like a softcore porn video game from the eighties. Yeah. Oh God, that must be. It terrible. was. It was like a PC game. Huh. And this is apparently Al just loves Leisure Suit Larry. Well, I'm sorry I didn't make our list, Al. Um, maybe on a, a future list of 1980s games we, of course, didn't play because we were small children. Games, games that are like towing the line between softcore porn and video game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how long of a list that is, but yeah. Um, at least in the 80s, probably not that long of a list. It's something we, we, we will not do that list, but I appreciate the fact that you made your opinion known. Exactly. All right. Uh, if you have an email that you want to send us again, hit us up at whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com and we will read it on a future episode. But that does it for this episode where we talked about nineties comedies. Next episode, we're going to talk about nineties action movies, which my number one, I'm already going to tell you is ridiculous. But until then be pimp. You got any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? Maybe don't play Leisure Suit Larry. Don't play it. Uh, catch you again real soon. This is Amat Sin. Peace out. And be pimp. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>